Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, and welcome to Tiger Tracks, your source for Auburn track and field and cross-country news and discussion. I'm your host, Jessica Loomis, and I'm here with my husband, and amazing co-host Kyle to discuss the Commodore Classic that was hosted by Vanderbilt this past weekend. Amazing. So the, this is two podcasts in a row where you start giving out these superlatives to me. You must want something. What is it? I want you to understand cross country. I feel like if I build you up, you will start to love cross country too. I, I never said I didn't love cross country. I mean, who wouldn't love, you know, running around on golf courses through sand traps and all this kind of stuff? <laughs> Yeah, you knew I was going to work it out. Cross country is should be the second most important sport in the fall. You know, I'm I'm going to plead the fifth on that. I Uh, said second most. You can pick what the first is. You know, but there's so many other great Auburn athletics too. How can I choose? You know, I mean, because you're doing a podcast about cross country, so you should say that yes, it is. Yeah, that is true. Is that just one of those things where you just smile and just say yes, dear? Exactly. (laughs) So I guess I can do that for you. Right, right. Go for it. Um, Let's talk about this. So the Commodore Classic, this is not new to the Auburn family. So we have gone to the Commodore Classic for as long as you and I have done this podcast. And I would venture to say probably many years before that. Yeah, I I think it's cool that we get to go to something um, the same every single year because, I mean, there's so many unique other meets that we go to. Um, each season that we've done this. So it's nice to have a little bit of continuity uh, to have each season to come back to. And, you know, I find it interesting this season, too, that we continue to go further north as the season goes along. We start in Jacksonville, uh, Alabama. Now we're going to Nashville, and then we're going to South Bend, Indiana next. I think think what's happening here is this is not about just cross-country races. This is trying to go cross-country to escape the heat of the South. <laughs> cross-country travel. Cross-country travel. Just just like, I mean, they're just, they're smart. They know this heat is just sticking around here for whatever reason. And they're like, hey, man, if we're going to run, let's run north and get out of here. Oh, my gosh. I don't think that played a part. But anyway, well, the Commodore Classic is actually a really big meet. So, like I said, it was hosted by Vandy. Um, And it's held at the Percy Warner Park in Nashville. Um, This meet was on September 14th, and it's the biggest cross-country meet I've seen since, like, regionals of last year. Okay, so you say a big cross-country meet. What, for you, help me and the listeners understand what is maybe an average cross-country meet so we can put that in a little bit of context? I mean, I have no idea. (laughs) So you were just... I would say (laughs) average is probably right around 100 runners. Okay. Per... Like per um, section, like 100 for the women, 100 for the men. Okay, so with 192 runners for the women and 145 for the men, this is would be what you would consider a larger one. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Because for the women, they competed with 20 teams. That's a lot. That is quite a, a few teams there. And then you got to think about there's at least five runners for each uh, team there that is going to be placing, not counting the ones that won't place for their, uh, not placing, excuse me, scoring for their team. So I would imagine Auburn, you know, has from last week, we have a lot of women running, but not as many men. So just imagine that 20 teams and five plus runners in this race. Woo. Plus all of the individual runners who oh, I forgot about them. Think about it. That may come with a team, but not have five athletes. So they don't score points or cause yeah, five times 20 is only a hundred runners. So and- then you've got schools like, I don't know. I mean, maybe Emory. I don't know. But that has less than five athletes competing. So they just run as individuals. And is this the same case as in track and field? High school athletes can sometimes come compete. No, 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 no. no, It's not not this area? No, no. And high school athletes never compete at the same level as collegiate athletes. Remember, they don't run in the same races. They run the same distance, but not in the same race. Okay. I I wasn't always sure how that worked out. I just remember that sometimes. Oh, bless your heart. Look, you know, I'm a novice here. I'm trying. You're trying. You're trying. So the other thing to think about is think about the start line. If you've got 192 athletes that finish the race, I would venture to say you have over 200 that start the race because you have a lot that drop out. So all of those athletes are at the start line at the same time. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of people. You thought game days on uh, Saturdays for Auburn football was a lot of people. Having 192 people, for example, for the women all on the same line. I mean, that's like lining up to get in Jordan hair. It, it's, it's very intense. And I will say that is the most stressful thing for me. Like when I was a runner, that was the most intense thing was in cross country. Because if you get tripped up at the start line, they're not restarting it. You're just tripped up, and you've got to catch back up with the other 191 athletes out there. And so in, you and better your, pray that nobody spikes you. And in your case, you would be tripping, and you'd be the one falling, causing everyone else to topple over you. Okay. Actually, that never happened. Thank you. I will ask your mother about that because I don't believe that for a second. You ask are, her. You can even ask my coach. I never once tripped at the start line you are because a, it was my <laughs> biggest fear. I was, like, panicked all the time about it. Jessica, you are a great many amazing things, but graceful is not one of them. 100% agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little more about these Auburn women. So, like we said, there were 192 runners with 20 teams for the women. They ran a 6K, which is more than last week. Last week they ran a 4K, so a longer distance. Um, and the, the Auburn women placed 12th out of the 20 teams with 282 points. So with them running a 4K last week and a 6K this week, does that has more to do with the course they're running and the availability yes. of space and not, not necessarily just trying to warm them up to a longer distance? Correct. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if that's was the case because, you know, like we've talked about before, maybe you want to ease these athletes into longer distance. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Here I am. I'm thinking too analytical about it. It's just that Jacksonville just didn't have enough space for the ladies. So there you go. That's what I'm going to guess. I mean, I don't have any factual basis for that. Oh, but but you're convincing me that that's the case. Because I'm just saying, this is a collegiate sport. This isn't the peewees. Like, (laughs) if you're out here to compete, you're out here to compete regardless of the distance of the race. So if they're prepared, it's not like we're going to ease them in and do a 1K, then a 2K, then a 3K. You know, no. You're here. Get ready. Okay, all right. Coach Jessica's here today. 
I'm just saying, like, they've been training for years for this. Yeah. It's not like somebody can just decide on a Tuesday to become a cross-country runner and go out on a Saturday and be competitive. No, <laughs> this takes time. So you're saying I shouldn't just take up cross-country this week and, and be Go out for there. it. Go oh. for it. You will come dead last. I guarantee it. Mm, the love. Unless, unless somebody has an injury and has to go across the finish line with a wheelchair or something, you will wow. be Wow. Like- Wow. Okay. All right. You just keep. Why don't you just tell us how the ladies did, so you don't take any more shots at my feelings. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just. It, it's not about your feelings. It's more about encouraging the athletes we have and proving that they are really worthy of the titles they have. Yeah, but you just take me down in the in the process. It's okay. I'm sorry. Oh, well, got to break you down to build you up. That's true. Okay. So, <laughs> Faith Bet. She ran her first cross country race of the 2019 season, um, and she placed seventh overall. Let me repeat that. Seventh out of 192 athletes. Right. That's incredible. It is an amazing accomplishment for her. And, and, and I'm having trouble. Was it Abby Zane that finished highest for us last, last meet? I believe it was. Um, I think so. I think you're right. So it's nice to see another um, athlete for the ladies finishing in first this time. Shows a little bit of diversity there. Um, but seventh out of 192 runners. That's yep, awesome. it's absolutely incredible. And I think we're going to see a lot of good things from her this season. Um, you know, there's only one other regular season meet for cross country, but then we've got regionals and sectionals and championships and stuff. So the only, um, thing, that Faith, run, the only thing that runs faster than the athletes is the season. <laughs> good joke. That's my corny joke for the night. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'll be here all week. folks. Oh, oh my gosh. So Faith ran the 6K in 21 minutes, 27.5 seconds. So then next scoring for Auburn was Hannah Dial. She placed 58th with a time of 22 minutes, 39.2 seconds, followed by Gigi Maddox placing 78th in 22 minutes, 59.8 seconds. Then we had Hannah Tarwater just right behind her with 81st place in 23 minutes, 1.4 seconds. So let's talk about this real quick because this was kind of interesting to me. So Gigi placed 78th, Hannah placed 81st, and there was less than one second difference. Yeah. That's insane. It's an incredible pileup. Right? No, one less than two seconds. Less than so. two seconds. There you go. Math 1. is hard. 1.6 seconds difference. Like, and three people. That's ridiculous. Yes, that's it, it is quite a bit of a spread there uh, to, to deal with on that when you look at that, those numbers there. So what, what do you think is going on there? I mean, I think there's just a lot of athletes in this in this race. So essentially this would be like your worst nightmare there because you'd be panicking of all the people trying to run over you. Um, not my worst nightmare, but top 20 for sure. <laughs> top 20. I mean, being buried alive is still, you know, top three. I thought birds would be top one for you. Yeah. Birds buried alive, drowning house fire. I mean, there are a lot of things I can be afraid of, but trampling at a cross country, that's still a little bit lower for you. It is lower because I don't run cross country anymore, so <laughs> it's not something that I have to worry about. What? I mean, I know how to swim too, so I don't really have to worry about being drowning. But yeah, well, but here, so, let's, let's look at this. You talk a lot about athletes running together here. We don't have a lot of that with the ladies. We do here. though. We do. Well, we've got Gigi, Hannah, and then Abby Zane placed eighty third in twenty three minutes three point five seconds. And I was, so within four seconds we have Gigi, Hannah, and Abby finishing. Okay, so I was gonna say that, but look how far ahead Faith Bet is then Hannah Dial, uh Gigi Maddox, you know, I, I, I and the ones I look at are right here, Hannah Tarwater and Abby Zane. Twenty three 
23.01 and 23.03. And I, I know that Gigi Max was just in front of them, but I, right, I just find... Right, 22.59. So I guess technically that would basically be running together too, but... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Those three finished within four seconds. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right on that one. So I just thought that we'd have a little bit more pairings up there, and I'm amazed that Faith Bet was so far ahead this race than all the other girls. Yeah, I think we didn't expect that because this is her first meet of the season. Like, we didn't know how she was going to perform, so that was a shock to me as well. What's Coach Bartnett holding her back for? I mean, come on. If she's the ringer, let's put her in there. It's not necessarily that he was holding her back. You know, we don't know the circumstances. That's true. Yeah. Well, and I think if I remember listening to their podcast this last week, he said that you'd see a few more runners that you hadn't seen um, yet this season just okay. for, for whatever reason. So I guess Faith Bet, that's the case for her in this one. But congratulations to her. Man, I mean, to all the athletes, I feel like this was a pretty good performance. Yeah, we performed overall as a team in the bottom, you know, the bottom 50%. Mm -hmm. But 12 out of 20 is honestly better than I would say we did last year overall as a team. Yeah. So, you know, and like you said, to have those three athletes, the people that place third, fourth and fifth for Auburn scoring, if we can just, you know, have them run together and push that limit a little farther each week, I think overall by next year, they'll be really strong and can be a good group for this Auburn team. Yeah, I think when you look at the scoring and the placing for Auburn overall in this, uh, for the women, you might, like an outside person might get a little bit discouraged because you see 20 teams overall, they place 12th. And then if you look a little bit further, though, you realize all of the runners finished in the top half-ish of the field. Yep. So that's a very encouraging thing. It's just the reason we're so low in the team rankings for points-wise is because most of the ladies were in that further back half of the first half of the field, uh, right. whereas Faith Bet was further ahead. So it is very encouraging that out of 20 teams, 192 runners for the women, they finish all in the top half, which is, I think, a great accomplishment for them. And it's kind of one of those, I would say it's a good benchmark at the midpoint of the season, which we're already there, as you already said, for them to be at right now. I agree. I agree. So let's move on to the men. Do you want to talk about those? Yes, let's talk about the men with their 8K, they ran two more Ks than the ladies in this one. <laughs> two more Ks. Two more Ks. Uh, 145 runners overall and 15 teams competed in this race. So as for a comparison for the women to the men, 192 for the women, 145 runners for the men, and 20 teams for the women, 15 teams for the men. So I know that it doesn't have anything to do with like – well, I guess what I'm getting at, it just means that maybe there's not as many men runners this year. I don't know. Is that what I'm seeing here, Jessica? Maybe. Or isn't there like an NCAA rule where you have to have the same amount of sports for men and women at yeah. a school? So there's there's a so. lot, uh, lot into that, and there's a people that understand that a lot more than I. I don't know that okay. it necessarily is within the the program itself, but you have to have so many programs for men and women and then so many people on scholarship so it could be that it could simply be that this is where they fill uh lots of the ladies is because they a lot of them want to come run track and field and cross country could be right uh, but i mean I, I don't know yeah it, it's it's quite a bit of discrepancy there you know it'd be one yeah. thing if it was 192 to 190 180 but this is that's 50 less runners there so i just find right. that quite a interesting bit of discrepancy for a much longer race so where is your fear of 
bunching up and tripping over each other. Yes, that happens at the beginning with an 8K race and 50 less people. You got to think they spread out quite a bit as the race go- went on from the, for the most part, I would think. I would, I would think. Yeah, so yeah. I, I would think your fear would be alleviated there. <laughs> but um, maybe I'll, you never know. Well, no, you, you're afraid of great many things. So I, I would. <laughs> you'd find something else to be running. Uh, you know what would make you run faster is if you were being chased by an ostrich. That's oh what I, my gosh! Or an emu. Well, uh, you know, an ostrich is bigger. I figured. Oh, really? That, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought emus were bigger. Oh, a zookeeper's job is never done. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Keep moving on here. For the man in the 8K, Auburn places 12th with 323 points. So they place the exact same as the women, but with less teams and less overall runners. So I, on the surface here, would not consider this a huge success. They didn't finish last, but they didn't finish really that great either. Jessica, do you you agree with me? I agree. However, looking at the positives, I'm proud that we had enough athletes to compete, to yeah. score points. You know, if we'd only had four, we wouldn't have even been in the team scoring. So this is better than in previous years past. It, it, you know, I could always count on you to count on the positives here. I'm just trying to, you know, encourage the guys a little bit. Let's, let's, let's get up a little bit closer in there. We're Auburn. We belong in the top half. Uh, but it's a bigger field. And you got to remember, too, we're coming off of a meet where there wasn't as much competition quantity-wise, and no offense to the other teams at that previous meet, but quality-wise as well. So you have to kind of take that into account here, is that Coach Barnett has done a great job of scheduling the teams so that they get progressively harder. And I I have no clue what the South Bend meet is going to be like next week, but I would imagine it's going to be even tougher. So I think uh, yeah, I'm guessing. I have no idea. I'm just, I'm so, just assuming that it's going to be really intense. Well, it's you know it's going to be at Notre Dame. It's going to be you know I would imagine a lot of teams from the north up there. So it's going to be different right. competition you haven't seen yet. In um, different climate. Exactly. So we're just continuing to run away from the heat, which is the smartest right. thing that instead of migrating south, we're migrating north for the winter, which is quite an odd thing to do. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about how the men placed in this one. Um, for our scoring runner, Silas Kipnanjik was our f- uh, highest one, placed 44th with a time of 25 minutes, 36.8 seconds. Right behind him, Tommy, M- Tommy McDonough with 50th place, 25 minutes, 44.3 seconds. So would you consider Silas and Tommy bunched up pretty good at, at running together? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, with, what, less than eight seconds between them and only five people? Yeah. Um, Placing between them, I think that's pretty dang close. I wonder if Silas just kind of broke away towards towards the end there to kind of increase, you know, his his finishing time there. But or at the beginning, and Tommy chased him the whole way. We that, don't know. That's a great point. Look at you! You're just like a ball of positivity here for everybody. I'm just this. saying. <laughs> I just know that when I ran cross country, like we've said many times, this was many years ago. Um, there was always this one girl, she was fantastic and she would beat me. I mean, every race, she was younger than me. She was just phenomenal. She ran in college. She was really great, but she would start out faster than me. And I knew if I could keep her in my line of sight, I could continue to, you know, chip off some time and be close to her. I think I beat her one race, her very first race ever. And after that, she was like 
so much faster than everybody. So, <laughs> but I just knew keep her in your sight, keep her in your sight. That's all you can do because you just, there was no hope for me beating her. Well, Silas is definitely the one that the rest of the all and athletes need to keep in their sight because he, he's definitely the anchor of especially the scoring portion here, but the uh, the rest of the team as well for the men. Uh, let's finish out the rest of the placings here in the times. Jack Rogers, 91st overall with a time of 26 minutes, 28.4 seconds. Jackson Thomas, 101st place in a time of 26 minutes and 51.7 seconds. And then Evan Rogers, 116th with a time of 27 minutes, 14, 14.5 seconds. Uh, that is your top five finishers for the men. And I would say here that we have a lot less of running together based off the times in the men than we do the women based on this. There's quite a bit of spread. I disagree. What, okay. Show me how. So I'm here's why in. I disagree. Okay. Because so you've got less than, so you've got a minute and 42 seconds between okay. all of the men that finished. Okay. They're running an 8K. That's a lot of Ks. I don't know. That's <laughs> like maybe five miles. Oh, somewhere close to that. We've learned that math is not a strong suit on this podcast. I think an 8K is five miles. But anyway, so if they're finishing in less than two minutes of each other, that's running pretty close together for five miles. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying they can see, you know, Evan and Silas are not going to be able to see each other on the course, but it's not like we've got a five minute spread. Right. Whereas with the ladies, we had a minute and a half difference, but they're only running like 3.8 ish miles. So. I would venture to say that the men are actually, if we do the proportions, they're actually running tighter together overall than the women. And see, that's where I fail is that I, I'm not thinking about proportions wise, you know, size of, at com, of competitors, uh, the distance spread and everything like that. That's where You're I kind of numbers go, looking at numbers here. And, and that, you know, what happens when Kyle starts looking at numbers, it doesn't go well. <laughs> but, <laughs> because remember, cross country is not about placement necessarily. It is about time. Right. But here, how about this? Help me and the listeners understand what you would consider to be bunching up and, and running together. Um, a, a good kind of area. So is it like a minute within each other or, or something like that? Would you, I mean, consider? I'd say to run together, I would say you need to be within 30 seconds of each other. Okay. So if we look like Silas and Tommy are within eight seconds of each other, then we've got Jack and Jackson are within 23 seconds of each other. And then Jackson and Evan are within, Oh gosh, 20 second, 20 ish seconds of each other. Okay. So they're all, they've all got a buddy that they can see on the course. And that's kind of my big thing is keep your eye on someone, someone on your team that you can, you know, use as a guide. So the problem with Silas is he didn't have anybody on his team. He's just having to look at the other teams and say, I think I can beat that person. Yeah. And I think that's a great point there. And it speaks to how, you know, impressive it is for Silas and Faith to finish as the top runners for the men yep. and women. Because, the, like you said, while they're chasing someone else for the other team, they're not having another uh, fellow com competitor and teammate there to kind of push them a little bit. So it right. speaks to and their level of, of readiness, but also their ability to perform when the time comes. Absolutely. And we've talked about this before. Cross country is a mental sport. It's completely mental. There is a lot of, you know, talking yourself out of it. Like, I can't do this. I can't do this. 
But when you're on the on the on the course, I wanted to say on the field, on the course, and you see your teammate that you know you train with every week or that you know is just a smidge faster than you, you mentally can say, I can keep up with them because I keep up with them in practice, or I think I can beat them because I beat them in practice, or something like that. When you're the top runner, which I never was, as we've talked about, <laughs> but when you're the top runner, you don't have that. You've got other athletes from other teams. So mentally, you can get really in a dark place on these long races and convince yourself that you're not good enough to be out there and that you don't deserve it. And those people are better than you. And truly, that mental, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, like the mental warfare. Fortitude. Good job. I, I, that's a good word. But <laughs> I'm going to go with warfare because I know that word. A little <laughs> bit more aggressive, but okay. Well, it is. It is truly like a warfare between your body and your mind and convincing yourself that you can do something, even though your legs and your arms and your, you know, your abs and everything in you is saying, quit. This is hard. Get out. Get out. No, it's a mental game. To be in the mind of Jessica Loomis is quite an interesting thing. And and the warfare that wages so much is making sense now with daily life with you. Now that I know a warfare is going on inside you. Oh, wow. You know, that's. It gives me a lot of perspective into Jessica now, even eight years into marriage. So, <laughs> yeah, see, this has been this has been beneficial for us. It has. Now, one thing I want to I want to mention before we get out of here: who are we missing from the women, Jessica? Joyce Camelli. Oh yeah, that that was good to put me on the spot and not recognize that. I I, I kind of knew that I would because I you know I even blew past it there at the beginning. Why do you think Joyce isn't here? Because I haven't heard anything about an injury. Is it did she play so well last week that she just doesn't need to run in this one? What do you think that is? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe Coach Barnett was just trying to give Joyce a race to do really well, and then Faith a race to do really well. I mean, don't I don't have any basis for that. I wonder if that's honestly the case because you know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an idea either of why that would be. I just find it interesting. We see this a lot in cross country and track and field where an athlete will run one or, or compete, not just run because for track and field, there's um, field events as well. They'll compete in one meet, but not the other, even if they don't have an injury. I just find that very interesting how they swap in and out. And I'd love to get inside the mind of a coach to understand why they do that. Yeah, me too, because truly I have no answers for that. Well, you know, that's why we're here. We learn and we have We're here more. because we have no answers. Great podcast. <laughs> and that's a great hey. way to end the show. Right, right. Okay. Well, well, I think we need to end before we, you know, fall off a ravine or anything. Or into a sand pit. <laughs> and yes. there it is again. So the good thing is Auburn has like what, three weeks off before wow. competing again or two and a half, I don't know, a lot of days off. Um, so they their next meet, like you said, is in South Bend, Indiana, at the Notre Dame Inter- Invitational on October 4th. So it's technically called the Joe mm, – I don't know how to say that last name. Yeah, don't hurt yourself, please. please. You know, I don't want you to – you know, math has We're already hurt you enough tonight. say the Joe P. Invitational. I, I love it. But here's the thing. Three, two and a half to three weeks off, that's an incredible amount of time. And we, yeah, we, we it's were, a dangerous amount of time. And we were joking – about the weather, you know, being us running away from the heat, but you got to think that it's going to be not just cooler down here in the south, but it, it probably it's be cold up there. And, and so, how does that affect a runner, Jessica? Oh, stop putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> basically, it's harder to breathe, 
And that's my answer. Well, I would imagine your muscles are tighter too. You know, it takes a little bit time, uh, longer well, time well, to warm true. up. Well, that's true. It does take time to warm up. You really have to be very intentional about your warm up. And, um, but it is, it's, it's a lot harder to breathe. Think when, when anybody goes outside in the cold, it kind of hurts your lungs to breathe that in. Oh, shoot. It, it hurts me just to step outside. I can't remember, you know, a time that I have like nearly, haven't nearly passed out if I tried to do anything except walk in the cold. Right. Right. So, but I, you know, I'm hoping that the weather won't change too drastically up there for them because I'd love to see them place a little bit higher in what is probably going to be an even more challenging field up at Notre Dame. I agree. And with completely different athletes is my guess. Oh, yes. So that's all we've got for this episode. So, Kyle, people want to find you. I know people want to talk about cross country with you. So tell me where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at TigerEye24. And you can also find me on Twitter at Jessica Loomis RN. So that's all we've got for this episode of Tiger Tracks. Thanks for joining us and War Eagle. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?